Welcome to another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss and we Titanic minute by minute. I'm your co-host Rob, and joined as always by my good friends Joe and Duff. Uh, thanks for that wonderful opener, Rob. It's great to be here. Duff, are you happy to be here too? I'm always happy. <laughs> oh. I'm like the inverse Hulk. <laughs> uh, we are on minute 119. Uh, in this minute, uh, Rose gets instructions from Andrews. Uh, we start out with Jack is just freaking out, just screaming for help. It looks awful. We've sort of gone through this already, but just a terrible situation. And then we have the water creeping up the stairs and across the floor. And um, even though, like, in some ways all it is is water, that's an unstoppable force. <laughs> And the score is like <laughs> scary. It's scary in this. I like how you're reminding our listeners, like, "Hey, water can be bad news. Can be bad it's news." Bad folks, listen. I uh, there's just too much of the water. It's bad. Uh, there's a <laughs> there's a moment here. Uh, I learned is uh, we see it early in this minute when you kind of see the water creeping up and you see down the T one thousand. Yeah, the T-1000, you see down the steerage hallway. If you, uh, They use force perspective to make the hallway look longer, so it's actually like a painting on the other side to sort of like make it seem like it's still going longer than it actually is. That's so neat. like, Yeah, another like fun practical effect. We've had like the mirrors in the boiler room, and now we've got this uh, force perspective of the hallways looking longer than they actually are. How much would this um, movie have cost if it was like, all cg like stuff today is it would have been more expensive right i don't think so than building a whole ship i mean like batman versus superman cost like 300 million dollars well, that's because they had to make the fake they had to get rid of the mustache <laughs> oh no that was justice I mean, league sorry yes so that i we, mean that we, also cost like a boatload of money like I know, I know when they made this movie, um, we had talked about it earlier. But we have like that first class dining area, and that was the one that they used green screen because um, instead of having to build the full set, which would yeah. cost a lot of money, they just did like a miniature and then green screened, you know, them into the miniature, and that was a cheaper decision than building it all. So I'm assuming if they would have done that to the whole movie, which they could, it would be cheaper. I just think the weight. You know, I mean, you guys laugh at my, like, <laughs> unstoppable force water and all this stuff, but, like, the weight of the real practical effects, I think, still matters a lot in movies. And, well, and um, just the way people interact with things. Uh, because yeah, it's back to George Lucas and the as the, as the prequels show us, even awesome actors, if they don't have great directors, and even sometimes with great directors, it's really hard to mime stuff in front of a green yeah. screen. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to be, like... Uh, what, what what's my line here? Like, well, you're looking at a bunch of dead kids from the Jedi uh, temple, but they're not here, so just pretend they're there. <laughs> like, okay. Um, they uh, should have had real dead kids there. I remember uh, there's, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure James Cameron asked about. Them. They're like, no, Jim, we can't have a bunch of dead corpses. Kids. <laughs> yeah, could I get some real corpses to throw in the water? Uh, but it's accurate. <laughs> Why do we come to Mexico if I can't do that? Yeah. <laughs> 
one thing I was going to say about uh, the whole, you know, at having to mime things, I'm reminded of one of my favorite anecdotes about who framed Roger Rabbit uh, <laughs> is that obvi- obvious, like Bob Hoskins obviously had to mime everything. And the guy who voiced Roger Rabbit, Charles Fleischer, was actually standing off screen in a giant Roger Rabbit costume doing the lines <laughs> to help him and give him something to react to. That's cool. <laughs> um, there's a deleted scene that I don't know where it actually is in the narrative of the movie. So I'm going to put it. I'm gonna, let's talk about it here. Um, and it is we see Molly Brown and Ruth in their lifeboat. Uh, lifeboat six and they are trying to row away from the boat or from the ship and uh molly asks one of the crew which is actually frederick fleet who you might recognize that name he was one of the lookouts uh in the crow's nest uh she's sort of watching him and she's like you like a like a duck like a duck with a broken arm like because he's like rowing his half of the of the of the boat and she's like because he's really struggling and she's like have you ever rowed a boat before and he's like no uh, and so Molly Brown asks for the oar and, sh- and and then shows him how it's done. And then she actually does it, uh, which apparently is like a true thing where Molly Brown had sort of like just taken control of that lifeboat and like, you know, got everyone calmed down and following orders and doing everything so that they could move. You know, I mean, there's getting in a lifeboat and then there's obviously that we'll see later in the movie getting far enough away from Titanic so that when it seems uh, a little so that when it sinks and seems also a little like, too comedic for this time of the movie yeah like i think it's a cool like hey this actually happened but much like i said i'm not sure where to put this like where to talk about the deleted scene i think that's the problem where do you where do you put that in this movie yeah it, i don't think we lost anything by losing that no we already know that molly brown's awesome like yeah. with the cut we have like you know well especially she has that big scene later on where she argues about going back yeah um so then back to the, what we actually see in this minute is we see Rose. Um, well, actually, let me ask you guys before we leave, Jack, what would you do in this situation? Probably what he's doing, just like try to just make noise and scream. <laughs> I don't know. What uh, else yeah. can you do? I, yeah, he's not a lot of options. Well, I, I mean, saw 127 could, hours. I, I was going to say, yeah, you could bite off your like hand, his hiking equipment with him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess well, I was... He could break his hand, maybe, and try to slide it out that way. Um, I don't know if that would work, though. Well, according to Gerald's game, it would. <laughs> okay. I just would think your hand would swell up too much, and then you wouldn't be able to get it through the, the hole. As someone who's broken my wrist, it wouldn't have made it oh. easier, I don't think. According to the that Netflix adaptation of Gerald's game, you can get your hand out of a handcuff if you want it bad enough. All right. Well, I guess... I'm sure that I'm sure that's true to life. (laughs) That's what I'm basing this on. (laughs) Um, So Stephen King, known for his realism, (laughs) yes. Uh, We see uh, Rose looking for Andrews, and uh, Andrews is on uh, is talking to the passengers, telling them to get to the lifeboats. I think this is an important note for you, Joe. He's talking to first class passengers. Yes, because if this is Joe, Joe would have went in there and handcuffed them all to the walls. <laughs> um, and they all would have submitted because I would have been like, sorry, it's just policy. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then she finds him and she asks him where the master at arms would take someone under arrest. Uh, so, you know, she has, I mean, pretty quickly, how much time do you think has passed between uh, the, the, the grift with the, uh, 
with the uh, the heart of the ocean and the jacket and him being accused and being sent to the, down to Master of Arms and her, you know, finally deciding enough of these terrible people and running and finding Andrews to help him. Probably like what, like forty minutes. I was gonna guess less. I was gonna guess like fifteen to twenty minutes huh. because because we're as we've talked about we're viewing this in roughly real time. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, I'm just thinking like Lovejoy's got to take them down and got to talk to the guy, you know, like, I don't know. I, it's probably like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, you're probably right. I've, what do you think, Joe? Yeah, sounds right. I'll look, I'm with Duff. <laughs> this, okay. I'm just going to go on record. This is deeply uninteresting yeah, in, in, to me. <laughs> like, I don't. Okay. Um, so she runs up, she finds Andrews and, uh, uh, he tells her that she needs to get to the lifeboat. Like he's just like, don't worry about the master at arms. You got to get to a lifeboat. And she says like, I'm going to do this with or without your help guys. That's a good thing to do when you want someone to give you their help. That's a good negotiating tactic actually. Yeah. Like I'm doing it either way. So you should help me. Cause there's not like a good retort to that. Well, and I think especially in the Midwest, everyone poses things as a question and it's like, well, how about if I did this? And if you put something as a statement, like, look, one way or another, this is happening and it'll go better if you assist me now. Yeah. Just in general, it's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. (laughs) Uh, I believe. It's it's usually beg for forgiveness rather than ask for permission, but yeah. Um, So, uh, he gives her instructions on how to get down there. Now, you guys watch this minute. I'm assuming more than once. Do you have any idea what her instructions are? Because this, I find this incredibly stressful, remembering these instructions that I'm, I would be told in this moment. This is one of those things that happens in movies all the time. And I, I think it's not just me, as you've just pointed out, that it's kind of unrealistic because you always get especially in like movies where there's a hostage or something like you'll get someone will get a phone call to be like corner 29th and elm come alone bye and i'm like wait corner corner what can uh, 29th can you street or 29th avenue uh <laughs> hold, oh, wait cor, uh, cor, was Which it corner oak, was it oak uh, some type of tree like <laughs> like have you ever had a conversation like where something important was said and you didn't like all right and you didn't repeat it back that uh, that's yeah that's where I, am. I i think in the script she does maybe repeats it back but i like how they don't have that here because there's sort of i think there's tension as we move through this of her because like it happens so fast he's like take the elevator to the very bottom go left down the crewman's passage then make a right um and I'm i just can, thinking, i can barely remember like one thing my brain is so scattered now from internet and whatnot <laughs> Uh, and, and so like, I do like how I think there's like that tension as we move through here where she's just like trying to, you know, remember those instructions, but why does he tell her to take the lift? Uh, did he think the stairs had flooded or maybe just the issue of time? I don't know. I I don't know. It's just weird. That's actually a good question and actually a good segue to a behind the scenes story. Um, for all... James Cameron's uh, research and authenticity fascination. He did not know what would happen if a lift elevator was plunged into water. So he just found out with actors. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's like, yeah, we didn't know what would happen, so we just uh, put him in there, and that's that's what it does. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Glad, glad, yeah. They, glad they didn't get electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just think, like, I even remember, I feel like I always thought that, like, you know, you're sort of drilled into your head, like, oh, in a case of a fire, don't take the elevator, you know? I'm like, well, I would no. also think that would be the case if there's flooding <laughs> to not yeah. take an elevator down into the flooding i don't know um i I mean like this is dumb maybe it's because the stairs were still jammed up with the steerage uh, passengers and they're all the gates are oh yeah that's a good point because there is that guy still manning the uh manning the lift and maybe andrew's been wandering around that he kind of you know realized that bro's got the insider info because she's rich it's the right person to go to um I also think this is another another James Cameron compliment during the sequence. I mean, this isn't like, you know, a lot of filmmakers do this. But, you know, that this moment when uh, she's asking for instructions, it starts to, like, the camera's, like, spinning around them as they're talking. Like, I'm curious what this actually looks like if you, you know, not from the camera perspective, but from someone, like, watching them film this. Because, like, essentially what's happening is... Andrews and uh, Rose are like turning around in a circle talking and then there's just like you know the cameraman like turning with them but it does create you know for a a moment of someone giving someone directions it's very tense honestly like from probably I don't know a couple minutes ago up until basically we get transported back to 1997 like this is just top-notch movie of any type like i'm all in absolutely 100 percent. it's a master class in tension in establishment of space and action it's it everything pays off even if some things earlier in the movie were clunky like lewis's uh video about the ship sinking it still pays off here yeah i agree and i know joe you love you love your tape two guy so far so good um so that's all I really have on this minute. I don't know. I mean, Joe or Duff, do you guys have anything? Or, you know, uh, Joe, were you successful uh, reaching out to brands? Um, I, I kind of meant to talk to you guys about this off the air, but, I mean, we can talk about it oh, now if I'm you want sorry. to. All right. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, so let's I, hear about it. So a lot it. of listeners probably noticed that yesterday um, we did not have the heart of the ocean that was promised last week. Uh, and, uh, well, we, please just don't say their name uh we've received okay. uh, some correspondence from jw well not from that person but from their council uh mm. so there's you know we we sort of uh let's just say that there's been some negotiations behind the scene between last thursday and tuesday night and the three of us decided that maybe we needed to go in a different direction for our heart of the ocean would you guys say mm-hmm. that was fair and sort of how yeah, things went I down mean, that that was the result of the uh document that we saw yeah and i felt threatened. um so on the advice of council we've decided we're going to take this week off from uh from engaging with our brands in fact actually we kind of the brand sort of a mutual decision between who we had booked and and uh and ourselves uh pending as litigation is pending at the moment so we're we're hoping Things will be resolved by next week, and uh, things will be back up and running. 
yeah, we had. I mean, when we started this project, um, I had concern that we may be sued by Lewis or James Cameron. I just never <laughs> thought James Woods would be uh, coming. Foghorn that, please. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. You're, um, right. You're right. So uh, there's there's a certain party. Uh, there's been a, some difference of opinion, and uh, pen, Jimmy pending Forrest. that, we've we've decided our as you know our friends at these various companies that we've engaged with for the rest of the the run here, we've just to protect them. We've decided we're going to go sponsor free this week. Mm-hmm. As a result of one of the stars of Videodrome, <laughs> we won't say which one. <laughs> yep, um, Jimmy Forrest. <laughs> um (laughs) well guys um, if there's any uh lawyers listening uh, please reach out because we need help uh uh, all right anything else on this minute nope okay uh listeners you can help us out if you're an attorney or going to titanicminute.com slash survey and giving us your feedback. And then if we get enough Avatar Minute, not oh, I'm sorry, no, 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 hold no, on now. No, 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 Avatar episode. Titanicminute.com slash steerage. Join the Facebook community. It's fantastic. Uh, most importantly, titanicminute.com slash newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter, Sinking Feeling, that Caroline sends out. And then also, if you've done all that, you should go to iTunes, give us a rating. And we, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we'll see. Be back tomorrow with uh, Minute 120 of Titanic. Titanic. <laughs>